This week, we find out all about Emily's time at the U.S. Rocket and Space Center in Huntsville, Alabama. And we look forward to the Crew-1 mission that should be launching to the International Space Station this weekend. Don't forget to get in touch and let us know your thoughts about what we're doing. Use at Space and Things 1 on Twitter or tag us at Space and Things Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And please hit that share button if you're enjoying what we're doing. But for now, it's time for us to present to you Episode 11 of the Space and Things Podcast. You're listening to the Space and Things Podcast with Emily Carney and Dave Giles. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to episode 11 of our podcast. So, you survived, you're back, back home after a great weekend, I hope. Yes, uh, I had a wonderful weekend. Uh, I had a little hiccup getting home, but I'm home safe now. It it wasn't a big deal. Uh, The plane on uh, Saturday, Sunday night was delayed. So, um, they basically, the airline was like, look, we're not, you're not getting to your connection tonight so uh do you want to stay here in huntsville one more night you know we'll give you a hotel room and i was like heck yeah i'll do that you know i'm not that's not a punishment you know so i was like yeah so i i ended up staying uh an unanticipated uh sunday night which was actually kind of nice i I wasn't upset about it so uh, i ended up leaving on monday morning thankfully i had yesterday off from work or else that would have been kind of weird but um yeah, but it worked out spectacularly. Uh, I had an incredible weekend, and we're going to talk about that some more. It, it was amazing. Yeah, I look forward to it. I can't wait to hear it. The photos you posted were great, so uh, I, I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. Oh, that view is tremendous. So I'm going to try and keep this uh, this bit short this week because we've got so much to talk about from Emily's trip to Huntsville and with a Crew 1 launch, but... This week in space. Uh, Last Thursday, the 5th of November, SpaceX launched yet another Falcon 9 rocket. This time it wasn't for Starlink satellites though, but to launch a satellite for the United States Space Force. And that's the second time they've done that this year. It was an early evening launch, so it was one of those lighting up the sky kind of launches, which I personally really love, uh, with another perfect landing of the first stage. Uh, Lighting up the sky on November the 5th, uh, my fellow British listeners probably watched plenty of other rockets launch that night, but uh, that's another story. And some interesting news from China this week. Uh, On Saturday, a company called Galactic Energy had their maiden launch of their Ceres-1 rocket, which is named after the first asteroid discovered by humans. It's a four-stage rocket which successfully deployed a communication satellite as part of the Apocalypse constellation, which sounds outrageous, but uh, it (laughs) provides users with transmission services in areas that don't have much coverage. And with the US election results, uh, there is rumours that we may have a new NASA administrator soon, but I don't think we should cover that until it happens because it's all rumours at the moment. Uh, but there are stories floating around about that. But former astronaut Mark Kelly became the fourth astronaut to be elected to Congress. So Emily, can you name the other three? I'm about to cover Senate and Congress. If I get anything wrong, please jump in and correct me. Uh, oops, I should have said that. Uh, I believe it's uh, John Glenn. Yep. Uh, Jack Schmidt or Harrison Schmidt, uh, the Apollo 17 astronaut. Uh, I think... Um, Another one is, uh, technically, he's not an astronaut, but he was a payload specialist. Uh, Bill Nelson, uh, there's Jake Garn. Another case of somebody who was a legislator, technically not an astronaut. 
Um, I know Jack Swigert was elected, but he didn't serve his time because he passed away. It was it was those four. It was Schmidt, Glenn, and Swigert that uh, that have been previously been elected as astronauts, whereas uh, the other two were already elected and became astronauts whilst they were elected. But did they become astronauts? I don't know. But anyway, they went to space. Yeah, payload specialists. They went to space. It yeah, counts. It does. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at. And so Mark Kelly, obviously, uh, brother, twin brother of Scott Kelly, um, who did the Year in Space project, and the two of them. I, I met Mark Kelly uh, last year. Absolutely lovely guy. Uh, he was at Kennedy Space Center the day I was there, and uh, I caught, saw him right by the shuttle Atlantis, which I thought was quite nice. Although he hasn't actually been on that one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he was on a few other shuttles, but not not that specific one. Yeah. Yeah, I met um I have not met Mark Kelly. He was at an event I was at, but I never I never met him, but I have met um I have met Bill Nelson, even though technically he's kind of not in the <laughs> astronaut zone. He's called the payload specialist. I, I look at it this way. He went to space, so counts. he's an astronaut. Yeah. He's been above the you know, the Carmen line, so I'm like, mm, that counts. But um, I met him before. He's a uh, Bill Nelson was a legislator. Uh, he was a senator for a real long time in my home state of Florida. Uh, okay. So I met him when I was a little kid, and I got his autograph. I still have his autograph, which is kind of <laughs> cute. And I actually met him again. This is such a dorky thing. Last year at an ASF event, and I went up to him. I'm like, you don't remember me from Adam, but I met you when I was real little and got your autograph. And he was like, oh, when was that last year? I was like, no, <laughs> uh, that was a while back. That was like in 85 or so. So yeah, I did meet you back in the day, but he was really kind and gracious. And uh, I believe he uh, only left office like a couple of years ago. So yeah, he's a real nice guy. And uh, I always wanted to give him a space hipsters pen. Dang it. I never, ah. I haven't been able to, but, um, cause he definitely counts, but yeah, he's a, yeah, he definitely does. I, I've met him a couple times. And like I said, the first time he was, I was just a little kid. So I'm sure, you know, he's nice to every little kid, obviously, but second time he was very cool too. So that, that was kind of neat. It was like a finishing a circle almost. Fun fact for you. Since John Glenn was elected to Congress in 1974, there have only been four years where there hasn't been an astronaut in elected office in the US, which is quite nice that astronauts are represented that way in America. I quite like that. There's always someone there championing uh, exploration of space who's been there because I think that that definitely gives a different perspective on, on government. I wish we had that. I hope Tim Peake runs for 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 parliament because i think his perspective would be would he he won't because i'm sure he's got no interest in doing such a job but uh, <laughs> he's smart yeah exactly who would be a politician <laughs> yeah for, for sure I, I think it's useful to have people like that within within the corridors of power um i do want to add there have been a few astronauts who've run for office who were not successful um i, I hate saying that that sounds so mean yeah but uh <laughs> There have been a few astronauts who've run for office who did not win. Uh, two of them I can think of uh, were in, I think, 82 and 83 mm. uh, or 84. Uh, the first was Al Warden, who, I, um, who ran for office, I think, in West Palm Beach uh, back in 82. And the second one was Jack Lausma, who also ran, I think, for... Um, I want to say he ran for Senate. I think I think there's been a couple of shuttle guys as well. I, re I was reading today. I can't remember their names, but there's there's been a couple. So anyway, yeah, they did run for office, but unfortunately, uh, they were not. Uh, they did not win the office. And uh, in, in to my distant north in Canada, 
there have been some uh, of their astronauts who have been in government positions, like uh, Julie Payette and uh, Mark Garneau, who are uh, two Canadian astronauts. I don't know if uh, <laughs> Chris Hadfield will be the first uh, singing one. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> he is one. I don't know if he's interested, but we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. And that's about as political as I think we're ever going to get on this show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're, and um, I'm not endorsing anybody as a candidate. Yeah. So um, I think I did post one time like years ago. I found a picture of Jack Lausman running for Senate. And I, I said something dumb. Like, yeah, this is a candidate I can endorse, you know, and, and then people started going after me like, oh, so you're and I'm like, I, I wasn't doing this politically. I, I just, you know, he's I just like the guy. <laughs> yeah. And he's an, he is a wonderful person. Yeah. So I love Jack. Anyway, that's uh, that's the news we've got this week. Obviously, next week's going to be hopefully will be uh, will be a bigger week. But um, the Chinese story, I think, is interesting as well. Uh, there's qu- apparently quite a few different companies um, doing stuff out there. So. Uh, we don't hear much about it. Yeah, the apocalypse. Yeah, the apocalypse. <laughs> when Network. I heard that, I was like, "Ooh, yeah, like, that, ooh, that doesn't, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. that doesn't sound good." No, are we gonna like? Is this is this like the end of the world communication <laughs> exactly. or something? Like exactly. Like, was, when the world ends, this is like the last <laughs> thing we've got. Like, yeah. hey, are you all right? Okay, he's dead. There's yeah. no response. Like, it, 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 what's we, going on? <laughs> I mean, we're, what, we're going to send something up called Armageddon as well? <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I don't want to... Like, what is going on? Yeah, they that, could rename it something a little nice, like maybe Unicorn or something. <laughs> I don't know. Normally things are named like a bit more inspirational, aren't they? But Apocalypse is like the end of days. Like, no, I, you know... Mm. I'm, not, I'm not an expert uh, on the Bible, but my husband explained to me that... Uh, Revelations basically means the apocalypse and the Bible. So I'm like, if they change it to like Revelations constellation, I'm going to be like, no, okay, no. Somebody's up to something. Like something is going on. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. You don't, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think uh, on that note, let's move. We'll end that. Yeah, let's. <laughs> I hope we didn't just stumble onto something that we weren't supposed to exactly, know. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, they're going to be like, Space and Things has been cancelled. Like, what? <laughs> yes, Dave and Emily have mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> yeah, never were seen again. Like, oh my God. All righty, let's move on. There it is. There's the buster. I mean, there's Black. We're here. You, you did it. <laughs> we are here. So, if you listened to last week's podcast, we talked all about Huntsville because Emily was about to visit Rocket City for the first time. And as we said earlier, she's now back. And I want to know all about your experience, Emily. So, did you learn anything new? What was the biggest surprise? What were your highlights? Come on, tell us all. I've seen some of your photos, but 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 tell us all about it. Okay. Uh, the biggest surprises for me, personally, was uh, I'd never seen... Uh, there were two things. I'd never seen, of course, a Saturn V standing vertically. I, I was kind of not emotionally prepared for seeing how tall the Saturn V is. I mean, seeing it when you fly in to Huntsville. Oh, man. You look out the corner of your eye. I was on a little puddle jumper, like a little kind of a commuter plane coming into Huntsville. And I look out of the corner of my eye out of the window, you know, and I had it closed for a while because I was trying to nap a little bit, but I opened it and I was like, oh my God, like Mm-mm. there it is, you know? I, I stayed in the Marriott uh, that's right by the Space of Rocket Center in Huntsville, uh, which I have to give them a shout out. They they were really awesome. But I stayed in the Marriott there and I had a room basically right in front of the Saturn V. And I mean, I just, 
I don't know how I slept that whole weekend. I mean, anytime the window was open, I just was like staring at it. I mean, it was just incredible because like, uh, obviously I was born after 1973. I'd never seen one, um, with my eyeballs vertically before. I mean, I've seen photos of them, but it's one thing to actually see in person. Like, how did that thing get to the moon? It was so gigantic. Yeah, exactly. The second thing was seeing Skylab, which is my baby. Everybody's like, oh, great. She's talking about Skylab <laughs> yet again. But uh, seeing Skylab, uh, seeing the solar panel winged out like that, you really get a sense of how enormous that space station really was. For I mean, for it's, it was huge. Mm-hmm. So uh, seeing the solar panel, I was like, oh, my God, that's enormous. Like the pictures of it do not really do it any type of justice whatsoever yeah, um, you don't get the perspective do you no i mean the pictures are nice but you know it's one thing to see a picture on your phone or on your computer or in a book um when you actually see it in person you're like that's freaking enormous i mean it's huge and that's not even the whole entire space station that they it basically all we had um in the museum was the orbital workshop and um and the solar wing you know yeah. so I went inside the, or I went in the area by the orbital workshop and I was just like, it looks exactly the way, I mean, it looks exactly how you picture in the books, the way it's orientated with the, um, the spinny chair. It's called something, it's not called the spinny chair. It's called (laughs) something different. It's basically a a test to kind of check their uh, vestibular system. But you see like that, you see the exercise bike, you see the famous uh, shower yeah. That they had the little shower unit. Uh, you see the uh, wardroom where they ate, and you uh, see some of the um, areas where they look like navy. In the navy, we had bunk beds called racks, and they're really small. They're about six feet by two feet. And Skylab sort of had the same setup. Part of me wonders if it's because uh, some uh, much of the crews were navy guys, <laughs> but um, they had sort of the same setup. But of course, they had somehow they had more room in there because they were in space mm. so they had a little more freedom than say somebody on earth than one of those yeah. would have but anyway so i looked around in that you know i was like wow you know kind of i did a i did a panorama like just kind of looking back and forth and then i looked up and i was like Holy. i mean it's huge in there i mean you just look up and you see all the room that they had in there just to exercise or just float around or to you know do tumbles or um get suited up what what have you i mean it's just it's incredible like like i said i you know i've been reading about skylab for ages i i have probably tons of pictures i probably have more pictures of it than anybody on this planet and just seeing those things with my my eyeballs it really just drove the point that this was a huge capability we had you know and we didn't use it that long which kind of made me sad in a way did it feel like you're at home yes it did uh oh boy i don't want to start crying uh um we were talking on saturday and i went to the um and i went to the underwater trainer which is outside and that shows the um apollo telescope mount looks like and the um multiple docking adapter and it and it shows the airlock and all that stuff like that. And that's where the crews would train to um, to change the film canisters on the uh, telescope. And uh, going out there and seeing it, man, I got real, like, it sounds so cheesy, but I got real emotional because I was like, man, I feel like I've, I've never seen this, but I've known, I've known this all my life, I feel. Like, you know, it's the weirdest. Yeah. It's, it was kind of a weird feeling because I'm like, I've never seen this, but I know it. 
like yeah. the back of my hand. Yeah. It was very odd. So, and I've met some of the people who, you know, worked in there and stuff. And it, it just was a kind of a, not a creepy feeling, but just an odd, like, wow, it's, it's a real thing. It's not just something I read about, you yeah. know? So yeah, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Like, uh, yeah, I got, I got a little emotional out there. So yeah, it was, it was beautiful. And, uh, I got to see some, a lot of other stuff too, other than those two things. Um, they also have Apollo 16 there. They have the uh, command module there. It's beautiful. Which, it's such yeah, a beautiful it's, display. It's one of my favorite favorite ones that's been displayed. It's really, really special. Yeah, I, I was able... I looked inside a little bit. I can't believe they fit three guys in there. Crazy. I mean, that to me is just mind-blowing because I'm like, there's such a small volume in there. I yeah. mean, it's just... It's the opposite of looking... In Skylab, you're like, oh my God, they have all, all that room. Yeah. yeah, like they could do anything in there. And in Apollo 16, you do not feel that way. You're like instantly like... Like you feel kind of claustrophobic, you know? And I'm not a claustrophobic person. So yeah, you're kind of... I was a little awed by what a small living space they had. I'm, I'm sure it was bigger in space because they were able to stretch out and stuff. But... Um, Apollo 16 was really amazing. Uh, I love the way it was displayed. They also had the uh, MQF, the mobile quarantine facility uh, there. Yeah. With a great story behind it. It's, got one of, it's one of the three they had, right? So, uh, Yeah, it was a fish hatchery. Yeah, and it, it, it disappeared <laughs> for years. No one knew where it was. And then they, they found it and they've restored it to how it looked when Apollo 12 landed and, and when when Pete Allen and, uh, and Richard were in there and they've put all the original furniture and the Scrabble board is from 1970 and things like that on 1969. Yeah. Everything about it, it, it's cool. That was probably the biggest surprise for me because I honestly did not know that was there. Mm. And um, seeing how, I mean, that was a small living space. Exactly. I don't know how those guys didn't kill each other in there. I mean, Apollo 12 must have gotten along really beautifully because I, I, I don't think I could... I love my husband with all my heart. I don't see how I could live in a volume that small with him for two weeks. I don't think they did all two weeks in there. I think they just they got travel they got transported from the aircraft carrier to Houston, and then they. That's were, true. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's how it was. Um, yeah, but even for a limited amount of time, you're exactly. like, oh my god, this is like, uh, like I would just want to sleep all the time, so nobody would bother me. Especially, you know? especially after just spending a week or ten days with someone in in a command module, which is even smaller. Yeah, and you and you're all like, you just want to shower, yeah. you know? And oh my god, exactly. Yeah, those guys, those guys were a special kind of tough. Yeah, but, they were um, good sports. <laughs> they were good sports. Um, I do want to give a plug to a. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a few people who uh, really helped me out when I was in Huntsville and really uh, helped me have a great experience. So uh, uh, Laura Owensby, a friend of mine, showed me around. Uh, Rebecca Hitt, who works there, uh, she's also really awesome. She showed me around. I want to also thank David Hitt, even though I didn't meet up with him. Uh, he's a friend of mine who lives there, and he sort of gave me some tips uh, around there. Uh, Tracy Haas, and also uh, Chris Wade, who met up with, we met up for a little bit there. So uh, they helped me out a lot. Um, I do want to say a few things also. Uh, the Space and Rocket Center, uh, I-, I went there to do research basically to see what Skylab really looked like because it's one thing to know something like when you read it and it's another thing to know something when you actually go see it. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of do that experience. But um, I really underestimated the archives they have um, at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center they have stuff, uh, if you need to know anything about, you know, rockets 
and Von Braun's plans for certain rockets, it's probably there. So um, if you're a historian or a researcher of any kind, uh, that's a really great place to visit if you have an interest in those areas. But uh, I do want to give a shout out. They have um, a program now for uh, adults, uh, and I'm reading from the press release here. Um, Our new weekend adult program brings you the best in space exploration history and gets you ready for what's next. Uh, Their weekend program runs uh, Saturdays, uh, 9 a.m. through 5 p.m., and Sundays, 9 a.m. through 3 p.m., allowing time for uh, people to explore the Rocket Center at their own leisure after the conclusion of the program on Sunday. Uh, By the way, uh, if you do this program, I think uh, you do have to book your own hotel room, and there is a Marriott on site, and there's also a lot of hotels around if you don't want to stay at the Marriott. But uh, the experience includes astronaut training exercises, challenges, a tour of the uh, Aviation Challenge aircrafts, a show in the Intuitive Planetarium, or a movie in the National Geographic Theater, which is on site, a museum admission for Saturday and Sunday, which by itself is $50, and uh, you get lunch every day. But uh, I think that experience is $199, and you have to schedule it through their website. Mm -hmm. But I just want to make a case. Museums are hurting right now. Big time. Obviously, not as many people are traveling and going to these places. I mean, if you support spaceflight and if you support these great areas um, and these great museums, and not just the Space and Rocket Center, just any spaceflight museum, I highly suggest, you know, if you can't get out and do these programs, which are really cool, some places have interactive events online, and some places uh, you can even donate to them online, you know, so yeah. it's... It's something to think about just because I know it's a really difficult time for a museum. So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was incredible. I didn't want to come back home. Uh, yeah, I, I was overwhelmed. I, I love Kennedy Space Center and I'm not dissing Kennedy Space Center at all, but KSC is kind of the launch operations place and it's got all the launch pads, which is really cool. But you feel like Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, that's where they really made rockets and they made things. Yeah. And that, to me, is really fascinating. So I feel like if you're really into space history, you kind of have to visit around to see, okay, this is what each center did. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I feel, I feel like uh, K- Kennedy Space Center is, is the place for beginners. Like, that's where you go and you learn about it from scratch. You can go there and not know anything. But then when you're ready to level up, Head o- head over to Huntsville, and you learn a little bit more, and you're going to see some some other stuff. And uh, it's not it's not that Kennedy Space Center doesn't cater to that, but Huntsville has does it a little bit better. Um, I agree. And, and there's more stuff around the town, which is a- appropriate. It's not just what is in the museum; it's the whole town and the experience. Um, exactly, is part of it. Um, they, they've got they really do have some great stuff there. My pie in the sky thing, which I would love them to do. With their with the the replica Saturn V they have out front, is to build the mobile launch tower. That would be cool. How cool would that be? And then you could walk up or get the lift up and and have that experience of going up alongside the rocket like the astronauts would have done. I mean, I mean that's really pie in the sky. Probably far too expensive for them to even consider doing. Uh, but I mean, imagine seeing that. At, from the from the sky as well this this rocket not just standing there but on a launch pad uh would would be something really special uh but but yeah, yeah. that's just I'm, that's not a criticism of them because it's amazing and and just being able to see it and stand next to that replica especially when right next to it is lying down is one of the real things as well 
um, is 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 wonderful. Um, there's some great stuff in that Davidson Center though. The Apollo One um, suits they've got in there, yes. not, not obviously the ones they they were wearing when, when the accident happened, but their backup suits and that display cabinet is wonderful. Uh, Richard and Owen Garriott's father and son spacesuits. It's a great cabinet. I love that. I love that. And I, I'm not sure how many father-son combos there have been or, or generational combos there have been. There have been three. Has there been three, is there? Yeah, there have been three. Uh, two uh, Russian combos right. and one American. Yep, so uh, it doesn't happen often. At the moment, it hasn't no. happened often. And I love the fact that they've actually thought to put the, those suits next to each other. Um, so I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of that. Uh, and the replica of Von Braun's office, I thought, because you've seen that in so many photos. Yeah, where he's just sitting, sitting at his there, desk yeah, you know, on with, the phone. With the, yeah, <laughs> with the model rockets behind it and they've got the model rockets there and all that kind of stuff. And I quite, you know, it, it, it brings it to life. It, you know, as you said, it's not, when, you, when you've read all the books and when you've, when you've seen all these photos, when you then start seeing this stuff in the flesh and you start seeing these things that were used and the real life applications of them, it brings it to life and the, and the scale of them as well. That's, that, I think that's, it just adds so much to it and and to the sense of wonder and the sense of achievement of what, what happened back then. So yeah, it's a great place. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm really glad you had a good yeah. time. I'm hoping uh, the next place I can go to, well, uh, if all this mad <laughs> yeah. asterisks, if all this madness ends um, next year, I'm that's a quaint thought, but you know, that a fantasy thought because uh, I don't know if it will. I don't know if I'll be taking a trip for a while because I know COVID cases are going up in the United States now. Yeah. But um, if things, uh, the vaccine comes out and, you know, everything kind of winds down, uh, my next destination is hopefully, I'd like to go back to Huntsville, but uh, my next destination I'm planning on doing is the Kansas Cosmosphere. Fantastic. Uh, I have to go there. Everybody's like, you got to go there. You haven't gone there yet. And I'm like... I haven't, and I, I got to go there. Everybody's telling me this is like an amazing place, and uh, yeah, I have to do it. So that's my next uh, destination. We'll see. Hopefully next year. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's a very special place. It's a very special place that we're, we've spoken about briefly before, and I'm sure we will sp- speak about it again. Oh, um, yeah, I plan but, on but going. Yeah, we'll d- see. D- the, only, the only downside <laughs> about that place is it doesn't have the, the history that, that Huntsville as a town does, and the fact that it's not associated to a NASA center is a bit of a shame, but it's a great museum. Yeah, it was kind of neat. Um, I do have to add this before we uh, move on. Uh, it was kind of neat. My friend Laura Owensby, uh, we drove down. Uh, we drove to the Alabama Welcome Center because she's nice. like, you got to see this. You do have to see so it. We w- um, so we drove into Tennessee <laughs> and then did a... U- I haven't been to Tennessee since I was a kid, so that was nuts. <laughs> so we drove into Tennessee and I'm like, is this mountains? And I was like, because I'm from Florida, we don't have uh, yeah. any single mountain here. Yeah. So I'm like, whoa, they got mountains up in here. And then we turn around and then we get to the Alabama Welcome Station and there's a Saturn 1B there. I'm yeah. like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. It, it is incredible. It's a great drive. That whole drive is wonderful because the, the scenery around you is wonderful but then when that rocket appears uh, it's like what this is nuts and it's yes. an actual it's not a replica that's an actual Saturn 1B it is it's nuts I'm like what are they launching from here <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, yeah and it's random it's like you're just like what the hell there's yeah. a big old Saturn 1B here it is crazy but uh and plus it was a I do have to say it was a beautiful time of year the we don't have uh, seasons where I live <laughs> Yeah, we have like two seasons. We have summer and, and kind of kind of spring, <laughs> kind of sort yeah. of spring, brief, very brief spring, uh, where it's sort of 
okay out it's not you know disgusting so uh seeing that you know the leaves change and the beautiful trees it was just perfect it I, i'm very sad i'm home and i have to go back to work and do normal people things now so it was it was wonderful i had a great time and uh, if you can get out there and do one of their cool experiences if you can get out there when if you have time or if you're able to travel um if you're interested you know please do it. I, I highly recommend it. I didn't know those were a thing. I, I wish I did. That that sounds great. Doing a whole weekend there and doing all the activities, and then as you say, having time to explore the town and and the center as well. Yeah, I mean that's that's right up my street. Hopefully, I'll get to do that one day. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I think it's a really cool opportunity for you know adults who are really interested in that stuff, and mm. I think it's worth it. To me, it's worth every penny. Like this whole trip I took this weekend was worth every cent. So yeah. I had a marvelous time. Fantastic. Fantastic. Glad to hear. SpaceX Dragon, we're go for launch. Let's light this candle. This Saturday at 7.49 p.m., SpaceX and NASA are hoping to send up to launch the first crew rotation mission to the International Space Station as part of the agency's commercial crew program. Following the success of the Demo-1 launch uh, during the summer, which saw astronauts launched into space from the U.S. for the first time since 2011, the Crew Dragon spacecraft is now deemed operational, and this is the first regular crew mission. NASA astronauts Michael Hopkins, Victor Glover, and Shannon Walker, along with uh, Soichi Noguchi of JAXA, will launch on SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket and Crew Dragon spacecraft, which has been named Resilience for this mission, and I, for one, am very excited. Yeah, me too. So... What do you think, Dave? I, I can't wait for this. This is, uh, I, I mean, I'm not so sure it's going to happen um, this weekend, yeah. but we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, I'm always so skeptical about these things. I hope it does happen and, 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 and good luck to the crew. Um, it's, it's just exciting that, 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 you know, after this, the excitement of the summer, you know, we're back at it and, and, and here we go again. And, and now it's, this is the new normal for, for space flight in America and, and for NASA. And, um, and it, it's a great crew. I've, I've enjoyed what they've been putting up on social media. Uh, I like the fact that the, the, the routine of the space station is now going to get mixed up a bit with slightly bigger crews, which enables them to do more things up there. So yeah, I think, I think this is, this is great. And it's, and it, as I said, it just feels like this, this is now the start. Although we had that big thing in the summer, this is the start. I, I doubt it's going to get as much press as, um, as, as Doug and Bob got in the summer. Be interesting to see that actually. How how much yeah. of the excitement of the summer, even across the, in in this country, there was a huge. So many people were excited about that first one. In it'd be interesting to see whether any of that appears again this time round, um, or whether that's that's just um, that just disappears. I mean, it's going to be after midnight here, uh, and if it's a clear night, that that means we will see it coming over, which is good fun. Yeah. I'm hoping to see it outside because it'll be dark and yeah. Um, hopefully it'll be clear. We're supposed to get a tropical storm, but I'm praying it's hopefully maybe passed by then. Yeah, we get we get those a lot, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. I'm not really too worried about it. But yeah, it's just it's just exciting, isn't it? It's just you know we we both said when we on our first podcast we both said that that the Bob and Doug mission was the highlight of our year so far. So um, it, it, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the the. the the views from in the space but spaceship and then and spaceship spacecraft and the, and the four of them being in there and the suits the whole excitement the SpaceX did it so well last time and I'm I'm very much excited about Saturday I've got I've got the whole day you know, even though it's not going to start till late I've got the whole evening just sat there waiting for me just to 
sit and watch the whole of the the suiting up process and everything. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, um, like you said, I, I'm. That sounds horrible. I'm kind of expecting a scrub, just you know, because um, SpaceX does scrub a lot, but. Then again, I mean, uh, to be honest, every launch vendor has its uh, share of scrubs. We've seen ULA scrub a lot this year. So, uh, and you'd rather be safe than sorry, obviously, especially with a uh, crewed mission with people on it, uh, four people. But um, I'm just incredibly excited. Um, this will be the first four-person launch since uh, STS-135, which was in 2011, the last space shuttle launch. And that was the first uh, four-person launch since, I think it was 1983, yeah. Thinking back, I think uh, STS-6 only had four people on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so there hasn't been many just four, you know, four-people launches, so that's kind of rare, so that's kind of neat to see that we're kind of ramping up to that, and um, kind of gives me 1980 vibes in a way, <laughs> uh, 1980s vibes, which is kind of cool. Uh, I'm just really excited that we're finally seeing sort of a normal... Uh, ISS rotation because as you see now when a you know when a Soyuz comes back down usually we have only three people on for a while and uh, usually one American and two Russians or something you know one American one European one Russian something to that effect so the like you said it'll be neat to see the ISS crew kind of expand and um, hopefully they'll be able to do more science which uh, yeah I'm not gonna well I don't want to get political but we need to get back to doing more science, I think. So it'll be exciting to see what kind of uh, research can be done aboard the space station. Uh, I was doing a little bit of fun reading. I know I'm a nerd. I was doing some fun reading last week about some of the experiments that have been done aboard the space station, like more recently. One of them I'm interested in. It's it's uh, I want to say it's like a medical one, very medical terminology, which I don't quite understand but uh it's basically to help leukemia patients and as somebody with a blood disorder i don't have leukemia but as somebody who has something that i pray does not develop into that one day uh, i was reading about it and i was like i really underestimated how much space is really going to help or is en route to helping people here on earth who might have you know really devastating illnesses or something you know hopefully it can help people beat that you yeah. know and I know how important that is because, you know, you don't want to, that's some news you don't want to get. And if you do get it, you want to know that, okay, I'm going to beat this thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I really don't take that for granted at all. So I just think it's super that they're doing things like that up there. I I really loved it. I forgot what exactly the experiment was. Uh, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a medical expert. I want to say it's had something to do with the immunology or something like that, but I could be totally wrong, but very medical language that i'm not totally familiar with (laughs) but um uh but it basically had to do with uh mitigating you know leukemia or blood cancers and i was like okay that got my interest because that's something that can help you know people i know so I, i just think that's incredible for sure for sure, but it's a, it's a good crew. It's a it's a diverse crew, and I know some people don't think that stuff's important, but I think it is important. I, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at these these events right now as as something that can pull people together. Having had all this division in the world at the moment, and, and you you get these events where you have different faces and different nationalities working together and doing stuff together. I think it's important, and uh, it's I, I think it's I think it's good that straight from the very first 
operational mission they they're bringing someone in from a different space agency and and it would have been just as important if it was a canadian or european or whatever the fact they've done that i think it's important yeah. i think it's showing look this is about the bigger picture and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to work together with people uh, and uh, it, as we've spoken about before i'm all in favor of that i think that's great yeah i agree especially and like you said you know after this year um I I can't speak for the United Kingdom or England because I don't live there. Uh, in the United States, it's been just a wild year. There's been so much just strife. Um, uh, we're going through a lot of social changes here. Yeah. Um, not, you know, and I, I think it's for the better. I think we all, I don't want to get too political, but I there, there are some issues that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely. And I think nasa kind of i don't think they purposefully did it i think they chose the people who are best qualified for this mission but nasa you know showing that okay we got a we got an african-american person on this mission we got a woman we got a nasa pilot we got somebody from jaxa you know i just think that like you said it really shows that it takes everybody to work together in space flight you know i'm one of those people i try to look real real forward into the future you know, and I'm, I try to look, you know, a hundred years from now, if we're living in space, let's say we're actually living in, you know, settlements or something, not us, but you know, descendants, ancestors, yeah. descendants. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at that and I'm thinking, you know, it's not going to just take one type of person to go to space. It's going to take people from, you know, all over the world, all sorts of nationalities, all sorts of languages, yeah. all sorts of cultures, you know, and I think, like you said, I think that's really important for us to kind of hammer down that it's going to take all of us to do this it's not just one type of person exactly i totally agree exactly and it's about inspiring that next generation as well which i think is important and then having the role models that, that make people from any background look up and say this can be me as well uh, and, and glass ceilings are there to be broken and they should be broken and they make things accessible. Uh, be, be that whether you're a woman, whether you're a person uh, of color or from a different country, it, it's not all about white men in America uh, d- doing things. And, and I think that's important going forward. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, and, and, and clearly this is, you know, the fact that NASA are able to pick this crew or SpaceX are able to pick this crew is because they've had this policy in place for a while now. So astronauts don't just appear out of nowhere. They've, they've had this selection process, which is, which is enabled bringing, and this, this goes back to the, the, 1979 really when they first or 1978 when those that first group of shuttle astronauts were were selected nasa started saying we need to reflect society more uh, and 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 it's been a gradual process of which is is clearly there and now if you're a kid no matter what what you are yeah, what, what i mean even um sexuality as we spoke about recently there's someone yeah. there's someone representing you and you can look up and say oh science is for me engineering is for me being a pilot is for me uh, all those different avenues you've got to be an astronaut can be for you regardless of of what you're what how you started in life or who you are as a person and i think that's great and uh, and we need more of that yeah oh i agree totally uh, this is a little tangent but i remember as a kid seeing judy resnick she was a jewish woman and growing up and seeing her you know as a jewish person was like oh my god you know that's somebody who's like me who has you know kind of wild curly hair my hair straightened right now but who has like really wild you know who's got kind of a similar thing oh my god she's in space you know and i was like after that point she was like my idol because i was just like that's the kind of i can do that you know or any anybody can do that who looks like that you know it's not a 
it's not something where, you know, I would read in my space books and it was all guys. Yeah. And then I was like, right, there's women. I can, somebody like me can, you know, have a career in that industry. It was a big deal for me to see, you know, somebody like me represented. So I agree. Representation is important. And some people don't just smash the glass ceiling. They rock it right through it. Exactly. So. Exactly. And and it's important not just for, for the pinnacle of it. I mean, this is, this is why this is important. You have astronauts who are the pinnacle of the space industry, really. But it filters down. And if you have representation, visible representation, which happens with your astronaut core, then the lower levels will eventually also look that way as well. And you look back at mission control in the 60s, it was all white men. You look at mission control now and it's not. And a, a lot of that is because of things they put in place to try and inspire everyone to say, oh, I can get into space. Because not everyone can be an astronaut, but everyone, everyone has the potential to work within that industry if they want. There was, there'll be a place for you somewhere along the line, no matter what your skill set. Um, so... Uh, but you still need to see someone at the top that makes you go, oh, that industry is for me. Exactly. You need representation at the very top to feel like you're going to be included yeah. at any stage uh, uh, underneath. Exactly. Exactly. Because you know that they're the, they're the people calling the shots at the top. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, we, 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 yeah, we digressed a little bit there, but essentially that's why I, th I, th I think what's going on at the moment with, with the crews that, that are coming out and the future crews that have been announced are great. And I, I hope this launch does happen this weekend. But if, if not, I hope it happens pretty soon. Yeah. I'll look forward to watching it. I, I hope I don't jinx it by watching it from <laughs> home. So I, I do, if it's clear out, I plan on watching it outside. So uh, I don't know if I'll get down there because people are like, are you going to go travel down there this weekend? And I'm like, I just got back from traveling, so I'm kind of tired. Yeah. But um, I'll at the very least, I'll probably watch it from here. Yeah, I think it's probably not a bad idea to, to sit this one out. There's, I mean, there's going to be loads of launches. That's that's exactly. the thing. It's not it's, it, you're going to have other opportunities, especially if you live in Florida. Oh, yeah. There's launches going on all the time between SpaceX, ULA, and... Yeah, you know, it, it, there's always something going yeah. on. So, yep, there'll be other opportunities. We may also this week have another ULA launch. They're going to try again. Uh, so hopefully, the one we talked about last week didn't go up. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> so right. They're going to try again this week. And also, we may have some. Th there's rumors that there's going to be some Starship new, uh, news over the next week or so as well. Ooh, uh, okay. They might be doing one of their a uh, quite ambitious hop. Uh, to quite a height with with the new um, with their current model that they're they're working on their current prototype, so that may happen soon, uh, which would be super exciting. And, and weirdly, last time they did a, the when when Bob and Doug went up on demo one that week, they did a a Starship thing happened that very day. Uh, it, it exploded. They had an explosion at, at Boca Chica. Oh, I if remember. You remember. Yeah, I remember that. And so, so, so again, just within that, it shows the pace in which SpaceX are working at. When you see, okay, it was it wasn't that long ago that Bob and Doug went up, and Starship was just a fuel tank on the floor, which was exploding, and now it's a fully erected spaceship prototype, which is about to to hop up to fifty thousand feet, uh, which is quite something or 20,000 feet. That's a lot. Yeah. That's about, yeah, that's just below like a aircraft. Exactly. And then land <laughs> vertically. And <laughs> it's crazy. But Elon this week as well, just wow. to, again, I, I mean, some people hate this guy uh, and I understand why he's talking about, the, the, <laughs> it, but this week, this week he's come out and said that he's, he's expecting to have precision landing soon where essentially Starship is going to launch and land on the same site. In exactly oh, the wow. same spot. So it's going to land on its launch pad. 
That's nuts. I mean, I can't see that happening, but that's what he's now talking about doing. It seems, it just seems ridiculous, but that is what, that's, that's the ambition of that company. Uh, and that's why things are moving so quickly because they're actually they're trying do to do things which are ridiculous. It sounds nuts, but I, I, I think they're going to do it. They probably will. I really will. do. Yeah. I think they're going to do they, it. They probably will. <laughs> he might be nuts and he might have, you know, stuff on sale for 69420 <laughs> on his website. Yeah. But, um, for those of you who don't know what that means, do not look it up. But um, <laughs> but I I believe him honestly. I think they'll because I mean I know he has his moments and like I said I know he I know he's not well loved by everybody. But uh I I I think they'll accomplish their goals. So yeah. I really do. Whether you like him or not, he's mobilized the workforce to to try and do things exceptionally and do it quickly. Uh, and it's something I don't think that could have happened under under a government organization. Uh, yes, it, not now. I mean, back in the day, it may have done, but I don't think now that it, the, the structure and infrastructure is there to, to be able to take the risks that they're taking and, and, and push those barriers. So, uh, yeah, and, and it's not that he's the only company doing it, but they're definitely they're definitely leading the way. Oh yeah, yeah, they've come a long way. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have a we'll have a nice thing to talk about next week. <laughs> That's it for this week, and thanks for tuning in. Yes, and an extra special thanks to those who have joined us on Patreon. We've uploaded a couple of extra things over there in the last couple of weeks, so please make sure you log on and have a look. And if you haven't considered it, why don't you join us over there? www.patreon.com forward slash space and things. Of course, the more the merrier, and the more of you who do it means we'll be able to do even more with this podcast. Absolutely. And don't forget, you can also donate or buy a t-shirt or a hoodie on our website too, which is www.spaceandthingspodcast.com. And a special thanks to Jason Wynn Stanley for upgrading his four-star review on Apple Podcasts to a five-star review after our discussion you, last Jason. week. Uh, we, love, we do love a bit of constructive criticism and we hope that we continue to improve what we're doing. So please do go leave a review or send us a message as we spoke about earlier. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, good and bad. Uh, let us know. Or if we've missed anything out, do, do let us know. Uh, but for now... Remember, in space, no one can hear you meme. Space and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions. <laughs>